Well, hello, everybody. It is your host, C.L. King, coming to you live from the High Definition Studios here in Impactville. Yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. What an awesome opportunity that we have to spend a few moments together to talk about some impact. Listen, every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, we bring people to you from all around the world to talk to you about how they have overcome adversity, how they've made an impact in their life. And this is literally a cathedral of resources. But today, today I'm giving you a sneak preview of somebody that's getting ready to blaze this microphone up. And his name is the one and only Josh Smith. You know, Josh Smith, not only is he a master martial artist and a guru of all things, but he's also a, a former United States Marine. That's why I knew we had to have this brother on the show. He has overcome some of the most treacherous and diabolical situations that any man could face. You know, you know, every month we go speak in the prison, right? We go speak in the jails. And this man has a story about overcoming a life of failure and crime and incarceration to now being known as an influencer and a subject matter expert on everything he speaks about. Josh Smith is a family man, a husband, a father, and we would not want to look back at his pedigree. We wouldn't want to look back at his history, but his history is what makes him so phenomenal because so many people have quit for so much less. And Josh says, you know what? I didn't quit. I found a way to overcome. And this is why people from coast to coast want this man on their platforms. Josh Smith is going to talk to you today about his life's adversity and how he found the Mount Everest to climb and overcome every obstacle in his way. I am so delighted because you're getting a sneak preview before you get to see him this coming Saturday on Midnight Motivation. I knew God brought us together. He, We got hooked up from a person all the way in Canada. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to strap your seatbelts in. I want you to listen and open your ears wide. Put your eyeballs on the screen as we bring in the phenomenal, the incomparable, the world-renowned, the one and only, Josh Smith. Welcome to the studios, Josh. Thank you for that amazing introduction. <laughs> Josh, isn't the intro the price of admission, bro? <laughs> Man, put, put those flames out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was so, so good, now I don't even want to speak because I'm like, I'll mess that up. <laughs> I know, man. Listen, I know we got to get right to it because you're a very busy man. You got the studio and everything working, so I want to get right to you. And uh, this is one of our highest privileges to be able to connect and collaborate with people. So let's get right to it, Josh. Tell people how they can connect with you. How can they reach you, brother? Best way to reach me is either on Facebook under Joshua Smith. I know that's a real common name, but if you can find C.L. King, you'll find Josh Joshua Smith is one of his friends and also on Instagram underneath I'll read my handle which is Josh underscore Smith which is S-M-I-T-H underscore hero H-E-R-O so once again that's Josh underscore Smith underscore hero and uh, you can reach me on either one of those social platforms yeah and ladies and gentlemen I want you to go right now 
if you're listening to this in the midnight hour, sneaking that Captain Crunch out of your cupboards, I want you to go right now and check out Josh Smith on Facebook, Joshua Smith on Facebook, and also on Instagram, Josh underscore Smith underscore hero, because the, the brother truly is a hero. And so, Josh, it is kind of unique how me and you connected, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I get that a lot being a platform host and you understand this being a content creator. Somebody reaches out to you and say, you need to have this guy, blah, blah, blah. You need to connect with him. And I was just like, okay, here, but the person who connected us, I knew she was a woman of credibility. And so I said, I got to go first. I stalked everything about you. And I said, let me find out what this brother's up to. And then I realized I need to talk to him yesterday. And then you reached out to me and the rest has been history. So I know you and our staff knows you because I've told them so much about you, but our audience may need an introduction. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Josh. All right. As CL King already mentioned, my name is Josh Smith. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, actually originally from West Kentucky. I was born in a small town called Murray, Kentucky, but I now reside a few hours south in the Nashville, Tennessee area. I'm married to a beautiful wife named Katie, two wonderful children, Jackson and Anna Kate. I'm a two-time world champion professional fighter on the martial arts circuit called NASCA, which is kind of the, the NBA or NFL of, of karate tournament fighting. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm also a, a recovering drug addict coming up this January. I'll have 14 years clean and sober. And I do professional keynote speaking. And that's kind of a recent endeavor in my life to, to share the story of adversity and overcoming sobriety. I own four successful martial arts studios in the greater Nashville, Tennessee area and have over 700 students, 14 staff members. And so in my professional space, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the top guys. Well, and that's what I love about you is that, you know, I gra I think we all have a tendency to gravitate to those who have clawed out and, and kind of eked out their way uh, and it wasn't given to them. And so, you know, when we hear your story, oftentimes, you know, Josh, because so much is sensationalized in this world, oftentimes people are just like, oh, well, that's nice. Good for mm. him, right? <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah, good for you, buddy. And they don't they don't realize the the true struggle on the back end of of a person's life like Josh Smith. Listen, I want all you impact the maniacs out there to understand that we don't bring just anybody on this platform, number one. Number two, we certainly don't bring anybody for midnight motivation. It has got to be the the top shelf. But when I listened to Josh tell me his story, I realized, my God, this man shouldn't be standing. So let's unpack it a little bit so people can get a better understanding of the narrative of Josh Smith. Because oftentimes, Josh, you know, they look at the end state and they don't know. <laughs> they don't know what you and I went through. So what makes Josh Smith's message so powerful is what you really went through. So kind of give us some some key pointers on, you know, the benchmarks in your life. Yeah, I was my, my earliest childhood memories were my mom and dad screaming, fighting, breaking things. It was a super volatile relationship and they were back and forth a lot in the beginning. Couldn't decide if they want to stay married or get divorced, apparently. And they got divorced ultimately. And my mom moved to the housing projects and single mom, mother of four children. I had three older siblings from my mom's first marriage and she was a high school dropout, got married at 
15 years old, had sexual abuse in her childhood, just alcoholic father. So she had a very bad upbringing as well. And that cycle repeated itself through, unfortunately, she's a sweet woman and, and I can't say enough kind words about her, but anyhow, she ended up single mom, mother of four children. We moved to the housing projects and she worked seven days a week just to keep the electricity turned on there. There was no parental oversight, really no moral teachings or anything. We were just allowed to do whatever we wanted in life. And I always joke and say that we would make the Jerry Springer episode. Uh, they should have had us on their family. It was that dysfunctional. I mean, just crazy, nutty type of stuff going on. My dad ended up getting married 11 times. And <laughs> 11 so neither one of them on purpose. I don't know if it was on purpose, but this dude would get married. He got married one time for two weeks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord, Josh. So for those of you tuning in and put, put, passing by, uh, my guest is the world-renowned martial arts specialist, two-time world champion, Joshua Smith. You can find him on Facebook at Joshua Smith or on Instagram, Josh underscore Smith underscore hero. I would love for you guys to go connect with him because his message is one of a kind and you need to have this message in your life. So 11 marriages, dysfunctional home, what else? So it's worth noting I wasn't physically abused or sexually abused as a kid. I used to think I had like the worst story ever till I ended up in prison. Then I started doing mission work, traveling around the world. And sometimes I'm always like, okay, you need to frame this story in context. I mean, it's relative. Everyone's story is relative to them. Right. And in a lot of ways, it ended up with, with a very similar outcome in the end because there was literally no one ever paying attention to me. And uh, from the time I was a young child already getting myself to school. If I decided to go that day, if I wanted to eat, I had to figure that out. I mean, everything was, it was just having to be independent. And my dad had dropped me off that they did have joint custody early on as a child. And I'd go spend time at mom's and then over to my dad's house and back and forth. But dad ended up deciding he was going to run off with a much younger woman. And he dropped me off at my mom's house with my suitcases. He said he'd be back in just a couple of weeks, but he drove off. He never came back. And uh, I did go get to see him once more after that. And, and once he got remarried to this woman and, and I, I'll never forget, I was standing in his kitchen. I look over and he had a spare bedroom in his house and he was using it for junk, like a junk bedroom as opposed to set me up a bedroom. So it was clear to me that he had no intention of having me in his life. And that was, that was kind of the really the last memory I, I have of, of me even relating that I had a father in my life at that moment, wow. but that pain and that hurt set in at that point, that abandonment. And, uh, how old were you then, Josh? I, I was about 12 years old when, when that finally was, was severed. And I started drinking alcohol at that point. And I didn't realize consciously that I was using that is a coping mechanism at that you just at 12 you, you don't have anything figured out you don't know what you're doing but right. i drank a whole bottle of liquor my first time got drunk puked and to a normal person that probably seemed like a miserable experience he'd be like well i'm never doing that again but to me i was like i'm in heaven this this watch is it <laughs> yeah well, what, what, so after you started drinking, what? how did that progress to, to a little more aggressive lifestyle? Yeah, so 
as you probably already know, uh, according to Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, uh, these drug addictions are always, or, or substance abuse is always progressive and it never regresses. So by the age of 14, I was getting high on weed and taking Xanaxes, drinking a couple beers. Almost every morning, if I even decided to go to school that day, that's how I went. And we were poor, real poor by American standards. I mean, grew up in this little trailer that had a hole in the floor. You'd have to step over a kerosene heater and everyone smoked, including my teenage sisters in this little two bedroom trailer. So, I mean, it was it was a nasty home life. And so I started selling drugs by the age of like 14, 15 years old and uh, selling weed. You know, that was the main reason I even went to school and uh, just to, to get a little pocket change in, in my pockets and had my first run in with the law at the age of 15 was high on roof and all pills and flipped a truck. I didn't have a license. I was 15. And, and so I got ejected out of this vehicle and ended up in the hospital and charged with a DUI. And the judge sent me to my first inpatient rehab center, which was the first of many more to come in my life. Well, when you, when you talk about 15, Josh, when I think about being a 15 year old, right, we're supposed to be figuring out if girls have cooties or not. Right. We're supposed to be trying yeah. to find our space in, in sports or academics or, you know, the arts. And here you are, <clears throat> you know, crafting out your life by selling weed and, and getting high. Why do you think Josh, this was, this was the alternative that you chose. Do, when you go back and look at the root cause, do you think it, traced back to, you know, your home life? Yes. You know, there's this word in society that's taboo. Like my wife doesn't even like this word, but she grew up in a very different family and environment than me. And she hates a product of your environment. Everyone has a choice. You know, I'm not so sure. I, I grew up in housing projects and trailer parks where everyone was poor, lack of education. And the, the, criminal element was heavy with a lot of these young men going in and out of prison, fatherlessness, broken families, uh, you name it. That, that was kind of how we grew up. And I have a 14 year old son, as I already mentioned, and, and he's kind of phasing out of sleeping with teddy bears right now. And he'll get mad at me for saying that, but that lets you know that it, right there, 14 to 15, the average kids kind of come. I was already carrying guns and selling drugs at the age of 15. Wow. And, you know, so very two different lifestyles of, of a kid raised in the upper middle class with my children versus where I was at and where my mind frame was at. But it was absolutely the, the product of, of the environment that I grew up in and the influences, which is why it's so important of, of how you raise your children. Who are they being influenced by? But there was nobody. No one even making sure I went to school or ate. I mean, <laughs> you're left left out there to, to figure it out. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you're tuning in to Impact Life 24-7, we're blessed to have the one and only two-time world champion martial artist. He's going to teach me a few moves one day. We're going to do it live. We're going to, she's going to see if I can work out, work out CL King. Joshua Smith, you can find him on Facebook or you can find him on Instagram, Josh underscore Smith uh, underscore hero. And when I heard his story and, you know, we talked about this kind of off camera from when we first met, I was just like, wow. And you think, right, that your story is like, man, there ain't nothing that could top this. And then you find somebody and you meet someone that God says, hey, look, this 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 guy has a very 
he, he went down a harder path. And so as you, as you go down and you're continuing to use drugs and sell drugs, how, how do things continue to progress for you, brother? By the age of 17, I ended up getting caught for trafficking cocaine, possession of a firearm. And the judge sent me to a juvenile prison. And upon my release, the judge, by this point, I've been in, and I'm giving you the quick version of this story, mm -hmm. but right, yeah. I'd have to really brainstorm in my brain to see how many times I'd had scrapes with the law up to this point. Let's just say to be definitive and clear that this was not my first time to get arrested at the age of 17. It was an ongoing pattern of having problems with the juvenile justice system. Right. So the judge sent me to juvenile prison. And when I got out, he wasn't even playing. He took me away from custody of my mom and, Placed me, it made me a ward of this state. I ended up having to finish out my senior year of high school. It was like a, in the foster care system. And, but you know what's crazy is this, that the minute I got into a family that was structured and I knew what the, the rules were and the expectations, I quit getting in trouble. I quit getting high and everything. It was just like automatic snapped out of that life. And they'd gone to school and made arrangements that if I'd get my grades up to passing, that I could graduate like the other kids, little caveat, I had to go to the military, <laughs> the judge, they, they'd worked this out. I don't know if they still do that, but like 20 yeah, or 30 yeah. years ago, they, they, they had these little plans where you could go to the military. You were a delinquent. And so um, right after high school, I ended up going to Paris Island, South Carolina uh, to the Marine Corps. I celebrated my 18th birthday at boot camp. Yeah. So celebrated your 18th birthday at boot camp, and that's when everything turned around for you, right, Josh? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell, I tell people, listen, if you're enlisted in Impact Life 24-7, if you live long enough, you're going to go through a lot of peaks and valleys. And our guest, Josh uh, Smith, is telling us, he's kind of giving us the, the Reader's Digest version of his life. Number one, I want to thank Josh for being so vulnerable to do that because it's something to be able to come and share your story with people who are total strangers across the country and around the world. But but additionally, Josh has a burden and a passion to take this story. And, you know, sometimes it sounds glamorous, but the truth of the matter is it's going to touch somebody else's life today. So I would love for you guys to connect with him. I I as a podcast host, believe in connecting our podcast guests with others. Find him on Facebook, Joshua Smith, or find him on Instagram, Josh underscore Smith underscore hero. So the Marine Corps was great, Semper Fi, but what, what kind of issues were you facing then, brother? It's worth noting that once again, just like when I ended up in the foster care system, the Marine Corps provided structure and discipline to my life. The thing I still use that structure and that discipline in my life to this very day. When people ask me how I've been so successful in business, 20 years later, after being out of the Marine Corps, I still answer that I am a good Marine, even in business. And what that means is that discipline and that structure, that consistency, remove feelings, get to facts, look at it. Is you know, and but I ended up getting stationed. And once I hit the fleet after boot camp at Camp Pendleton, California, and and for those listeners that aren't familiar with the military, we're not all like, and I don't want to misconstrue what I'm about to say, so please don't misinterpret it. But it's not like these commercials that you see on TV where everyone's a hero. I mean, these guys are heroes; they're real life heroes. 
But a lot of them come from troubled past, especially in the Marine Corps. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of guys that grew up poor and and no fathers, or maybe they had a father, and it was our best ticket out of wherever we grew up. And the Marine Corps attracts kind of like what I call the one percenters. They're, they're the most extreme out of all the branches because you had to be a little bit crazy or something off to go to the Marine Corps as opposed to, to pick the Army or the Air Force. That's right. <laughs> right? So you, you end up with a very dynamic group of individuals. They're tough. They're good at their job. They are American heroes. They would die, lay down their life in a moment. But a lot of us had difficult past. And and so I'm in there with a lot of guys that had similar stories and worse stories and whatever. And I ended up getting stationed at Camp Pendleton, California, about 35 miles from Tijuana, Mexico border. And I quickly discovered that every weekend you could make this little trek across the border and go to these nightclubs and drink. And there were pharmacies that sell you pills and drug dealers on the corners and it was all very cheap it was affordable on that little cheap pay i was getting yeah and i would i would get high and drunk every weekend and ended up you know my problems followed me so problems followed him to the marine corps and i want you to understand ladies and gentlemen that you're hearing a real life story of of a person who number one i see l king look up to and I mean, just just seeing what he does now, it's like I would have never imagined Josh's past would be like this. But when you hear someone's story, it's like, okay, this is the this is the antidote maybe for someone else's life, right? When I go into the to the to the jails and the prisons every month, it's like, hey, y'all, I know I've never spent I've never spent one day in jail. In fact, I don't think I've even gotten one ticket outside of maybe one in my entire life. Right. So I wouldn't necessarily be the poster child for somebody to go up into into jails. But it's that story, that that true life experience that when you get to share it with someone, it's like, okay, you're 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 just like me. So you got caught up in the life, the fast life in the Marine Corps even, huh? So in California, they have this thing called curb serving. I wasn't familiar with it as a child growing up in Kentucky, but out there, you can pull up to a curb and roll your window down and yes, someone sir. will walk right up and sell you drugs and you don't know them and they don't know you. That's you right. believe that? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that, dude. <laughs> so one day I'm in line at my favorite burrito shop about to place this order and a guy walks up to my car window and he's like, yo, bro. Oh, you need something? I'm like, yeah, I'll take $20, please. I didn't even know what he was selling. And I hold my hand, but I knew I wanted some of it, you know? And so he, he right. gives me this hard rock white substance in my hand. I pay the guy and I'm like, this is crack cocaine. I'd never smoked it. I didn't even know how to smoke it, but <laughs> I knew it was popular on the streets out there. This right. is back in the early 2000s. I think they're doing some different things out there on the streets these days, but anyhow, so I drive across the street and there's there's two prostitutes working in the parking lot. And I get out of my car and I'm like, hey, girls, can y'all help me smoke this crack? And they're like, absolutely, baby. Come on up to our room. And so, the next thing you know, I'm up there. They, they already had a crack pipe and they melted it down, told me what to do, how to smoke it. And in that very moment, I'd been a problematic drug user with, with I mean, we're shifting on a 10 scale. I'd been hanging out around a five up to this point. But after I smoked crack, I was instantly hooked 
the obsession and all the things you hear about with drug addiction set in in that very moment. I was an I mean, went from the five to a, a 10 on a 10 scale. I was hooked on crack cocaine the very first time I smoked it. And that obsession set in and it was all I could think about for, for the next few years to come. I mean, I was I was hooked in that moment. Wow. wow. And, and, you know, I hear about that, Josh. I've heard about that before that. It was, I think we had a lady on our show, can't remember her name, but she was like, the first time I did it, I fell in love with it. And it, 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 it captured her life so much, she wound up spending almost a life sentence in prison for killing somebody by accident because she was high. And so, yeah. so how did, how did this, this navigate through your time in the Marine Corps and all that? How did you even, how did you even function? And how did you get out of this, man? Well, I didn't function. I failed a drug test. I was, I was kind of near the end of, of my military time anyhow. So originally I signed up thinking I'm going to do 20 or 30 years in the military. I loved it. But once I got on crack, crack was all I could think about. And I just wanted out of the military because it was interfering with my drug addiction. And I was young and keep in mind, I didn't have any parental support, nobody to, to chastise me or to give me guidance or right. anything in the military has a, a zero policy of counseling, helping you out with that situation. Right, right, yeah. So zero, like you need to get out of here. That's right. <laughs> and so I'm out of the military and I kept trying to have these geographical changes. I'm about 22 years old at this point and I'm a young man with no, no backup behind me. And so I'm trying to move out, go to Sacramento, California, Salem, Oregon, Memphis, Tennessee, Paducah, Kentucky. And I, I keep trying to think, well, if I can just get to my next destination, I'll get clean and, and I'll get myself together. And I'd get a job. And I was binge using back then uh, where I would get clean just for a little glimpse of time, just long enough to, to get a job, maybe get a new apartment, get myself together and then repeat the cycle. I'm back smoking crack, committing crimes, stealing a car, stealing a credit card. And that is also progressively getting worse to the, the crime and the criminal activity. I might add it's, it's starting to up the ante every time Yeah, this gets worse. And I was, the judge would try to have leniency on me. I'm in and out of County jails and they'd try to send me to rehab centers. And I just couldn't get myself together. And, and, was just progressively getting worse and worse into this. Y'all, uh, th again, impacting life 24 seven. I know I'm the emotional cat in the, in the, on the staff here. And, and this really, it, it speaks to me because man, when I look into the eyes of people who we now, Josh and I, who we speak to and who we minister to and who we impact, it's like, oh, you got it all together. And I realize when I look at them, I'm just like, man, I'm just a very thin line away from a few short decisions that could have me right where you are. And Josh, I, I know that that you know you're you're giving us the the abridged version of your life and all that that it that it entails, you know, in and out of prison, in and out of jail, in and out of rehab, in and out of drug addiction, the spiral. So let's find if let's find the crest and find what was it that that really um, was the zenith for you that that helped you turn this thing around. 
Well, as I already mentioned with drug addiction, it always progressively gets worse. I'd like to tell you that crack cocaine was the end of the story, but there's this one more little chapter where where it shifted gears hard. And I ended up progressing from crack into methamphetamines at the age of 25. And in the beginning, I thought, oh, well, this is this is great because I found a drug that I can stay high on for a lot longer period of time. Or crack, I, I'd have to hide out in the bathroom every 15 minutes hitting this crack pipe. If you're not familiar with that drug, it, it's got a very short half-life in your body. So you're always having to hit this pipe. Well, meth, you can smoke it and stay high for like 8, 10, 12 hours. And so I stay up for three or four days at a time, getting high, having to actually feed the habit for a less amount of time. Well, I came up with this other genius idea because drug addiction always invokes the most brilliant thinking, you know? And so I decided that I was going to start selling drugs. I was tired of committing all these lower level crimes that always had me in and out of the county jail. And I'm like, drug addiction, or excuse me, drug, drug dealing served me well in my adolescence. So I'm gonna go back to that. Long story short on that, I, I had some connections through a friend of mine who had recently went to prison for selling drugs. He would have thought that would have been an indicator for me not to do this, but it didn't work that way. So I got my friend, my homeboy, I got his connection, but just sent him to prison. I mean, the, the connection didn't, but he's, his lifestyle did. So I, I got connected with the Mexican cartel out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm making drives down there, picking up large quantities of crystal meth. And um, life got good for a short little season of drug addict, drug dealing life. And, and it's never, it's worth mentioning. It's never like the rap videos and the movies you see from Hollywood where you live in this infinite gangster's paradise. It's more like Freddy Krueger or Friday the 13th. It's got, it's like a horror story ending. Right. It's exactly how it ended for me. I, I was coming out of Atlanta, Georgia one night, been up several days smoking meth and took an alternate route home and went through the state of Alabama. I don't even know anyone in the state of Alabama and I got, got caught. I was in a blackout, been up on drugs for several days and I woke up. I got, I got caught with like thirty or forty thousand dollars worth of methamphetamine in the trunk of my car, a loaded pistol, box of bullets. And to answer your question about the crest, what you would have thought would have been the worst day of my entire life with what just happened. I woke up that day. I'll never forget it. It's probably the third day I slept the first few days. But when I finally came to and I was coherent. I made the definitive decision right then and there in that jail cell. It was like Jesus Christ touched my soul that day because I still remember it like a light bulb went on in my brain for the first time in my life. And I, I made a decision. I said, I'm going to get clean and sober today. No matter what happens, I'm getting clean and sober today. Right. And, and that's what you did, huh? Absolutely. I made that decision on that very day that I was getting clean and sober. I ended up going on to where they negotiate your prison sentence. And, and they offered me a life sentence because I'd been in trouble so much. I'd been arrested so many times. I mean, at this point, I'd been arrested more than 20 times. I'd accumulated three, four or five felonies. And uh, they weren't playing around me. The, the justice system has like a grading system where they use your prior convictions against you in this sentencing process. Right. Well, mine put me like pegged me at like the highest level of sentencing. And so I had a paid lawyer. Uh, fortunately, I made enough money selling drugs that, that I could afford a paid lawyer. They had me in there on a $300,000 bond, though, and uh, they, they weren't letting me loose. And we negotiated for me a 20-year prison sentence 
Serve four years called split sentencing. So it's a 20 split four with a five-year probation attached to it. So I had to go in for four years and upon my release do five more years additional probation. And the majority of guys can't walk that down. So they end up having to, to do that 20-year prison sentence. But I got sent to a level four prison because of how much time I had. In the state of Alabama, there's only five levels of security. So this is like a, a medium max place in there with lifers, rapists, child molesters, murderers, you name it. And uh, I, I'm a fairly clean cut look. At, I was even then a white guy going into a prison. <laughs> I'm not in a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it was a crazy little deal, but I did. I, I got clean and sober that day and been clean ever since. And it was behind prison bars that that uh, that God got a hold of you, huh? Yep. And, you know, it's worth mentioning, too, that, I mean, there there's different paths for every individual I and mean, different things. They say, oh, well, you need to change your people, places, things. And I agree with all that wholeheartedly. But I got clean in a place where people were getting high every single day of their life. They're selling drugs. They're gang affiliated. I had bunkmates and different things that sold drugs and that's what they do in prison. And you don't get to say a word about their life and what they have going on. That is their house, their space, their life. I got, I got clean watching guys get high every day, sell drugs and all that. I say clean the whole time I was in there. Wow. So you did four and then did five on probation and. Yep. And, and while I was in prison, the thought occurred to me, I had one more epiphany that, that's worth mentioning. Okay. It was this, that getting clean and sober wasn't going to be enough for me in the next chapter of my life. I had failed all of my classes all of my life. I had zero marketable job skills. I had no formal education. And so I decided to take up personal development while I was in prison. So I was going to make good use of my prison time. And I started reading books. I'd never read a. I did. I read one book growing up called The Great Gatsby. A teacher got me to read it one time. But other than that, I had never read a book in my life. And I started reading books every single day while I was in prison, always on business, finance, marketing, leadership, read every Dave Ramsey book. Uh, you know, <laughs> I had no education, but I had enough awareness to know that I was going to need that on my next season of life. So I sit in there. I read hundreds of books during that time in prison. So when I got out, I hit the ground running. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I tell you, I, I, it's not often I get so heavy in these in these conversations. I feel like I weigh now like 7,000 pounds because listening to Josh's story, you know, I kind of carry it myself. Uh, Joshua Smith, you can find him on Facebook or you can find him at Josh underscore Smith underscore hero on Instagram. And, I, you know, the show is supposed to be 30 minutes, y'all, but we went longer because I just knew that Josh is such an amazing human being. It's not just an, an amazing martial artist and a business mogul and, and an overcomer, but he's an amazing human being. And God has had his hand on this, this man. I say young man, but he's old. I, th I thought he was way younger than what he, well, I found out today he's at the Tom Brady age. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, look at me, baby. And so uh, he's still my younger brother, but he is old though. <laughs> I, you know, Josh, when when you when you look at your life now, being a being a multi business owner, professional speaker, and all of that, what would be your message to someone? Because you know we got a wide audience, Josh, and there yeah. will be people that will hear your story. I'm going to promote this probably 
this is going to be probably one of the the most promoted podcasts that we do this year because of the space that we're in now. What what would be your message to someone who feels like, man, I just am constantly on this wagon wheel, this cycle of repetitive, destructive behavior? How could what would be your message to them right now, Josh? It would be this, and. I got asked a similar question recently and I had to think about it and I'm going to give the same answer that I gave to that person that was interviewing me. We have to start with enough self-awareness. You would not believe the amount of people that are in this state of limbo. Maybe they're a hundred pounds overweight and they're thinking, well, it's not that bad. Or some guy that comes home from work every single night, he's drinking alcohol way past the point of moderation or people that are on drugs and are in a state of denial. Well, you've got to have enough self-awareness to understand what is the condition of your life. And if you don't have that awareness, you can't fix it. Fortunately for me, I had on a 10 scale, I had a level 11 drug problem. So I was very self-aware and, and thank God for that because I I didn't have to guess like, is, is my life out of control? Are, are we good? Yeah, go ahead. Just, it's okay. just the music. It's all good, brother. Go ahead. And uh, uh, and then from there, you need to, I'm a Christian and, and, and I believe that you can't do it without God. You can't, you can't get through those hard things all by yourself. If you could on your own power, you would have already do have done it. You wouldn't be in the condition that you're in. And then the last thing, the, the third part to this answer is that you're going to need an extreme amount of, of perseverance and self-discipline. That's my own personal story with it, because if you were asked me 11 years ago what my life would look like today coming out of prison i would have shortchanged myself because i'd never been successful no one in my family had ever been successful i didn't know i'd be married with beautiful children and a big nice home and all the material things i ever dreamed of so you've got to have and you don't get my point to that is you don't get the fruits a lot of times you don't just get clean and sober and then get all the fruits you've got to stay in this groove sometimes it takes days months and years to work through it. And so you've got to have that self-discipline and that perseverance to keep in those trenches until the, the good stuff finally hits your life. So Josh, you, you've got, I know we, I didn't know we didn't cover this, but you're going to be back again. So don't worry. Um, you've got how many studios now? Martial arts studios. I have four, four martial arts studios. You're the, you're the CEO, right? Oh yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to be the guy that calls the shots, ain't it? <laughs> Jeez, I don't know about I know, all that. But, but you got to make the payroll too. That's the problem. You got to make the payroll too. And and yeah. and being an entrepreneur, being a, a content creator, being a speaker now that people want to seek. I've I've told and I've pumped your name up to a, a several groups of interest because I think your story needs to be heard. Man, I'm telling you, Josh, that you just said something that was so key. One of the things is, is that people think, okay, I've overcome this adversity. Now the success is going to be gravy. Man, you still got to wake up and show up every day, don't you, Josh? Oh, every day, every day. And, and the sober life has actually been more difficult than the drug addict life. But that's a different podcast interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. Like, yeah, like you got to like, somebody told me this is like, I got to make this conscious decision every hour 
You know what I mean? It, it's not just it's not just every day. I got to decide to do this every hour. And what we were talking about, Josh, was sugar. You know, I've gotten off of sugar now for thirty five yeah, yeah. days, right? And they're like, I got to make this constant decision, not just every day. I got to make it every hour. And I was just like, you know what? I probably feel that way too because I just had to overcome not eating a key lime pie the other day out on the date with my bride. And so, Josh, the struggle's real. Yeah, <laughs> there's a struggle's real, bro. And 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 what I feel like. God has brought you to this platform for is to is to tell people, hey, listen, I know you see me in my end state, and I know you hear the the tragedies of my former state, but it was the in between the work that it took to get me where I am right now. And folks, Josh Smith on Facebook is where you who you need to connect with. You go to Josh underscore Smith underscore Hero on Instagram, and I think we're going to just find a way for me to put on my what's the karate outfit what's the outfit that you put on it's called the gi the gi i'm gonna find me a gi at a at a yard sale or maybe a goodwill no no i'm gonna give you one i'm gonna gonna, gonna get one look one time me and greg uh we have a a a a sponsor of ours that does a muay thai right and uh, we went to her studio and they were trying to give us some lessons me and Greg, it was the funniest thing ever. So it would be so cool for me and you to do a live. You can help me kind of get my get my bearing again. And and how many you 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 were a two time world champion? Just tell us real quick. I know the music's going. We're way over, but that's okay. I want people to know what got you into the martial arts. Real quick, tell us. The original Karate Kid movie back around 1986, it was one of the first cinema movies I went to see, and I got signed up for karate lessons the very next day. Now, here's the funny thing, because fast forward all these years, now I have kids signing up in my studios because they're watching the Cobra Kai series, and so it's like history has repeated itself, and I'm getting all these kids signing up over, over the movie. That's so beautiful, man. And Josh, I'm telling you what, the the, the amount of kids and the amount of lives that you're impacting. I saw what you did in Mexico. I see what you do every day. And uh, it was enough for me because Marines ain't supposed to cry, but it was enough for me to keep myself together during this interview because of the story that you that you carry, the joy that you live with now, uh, the inspiration that you inject into everybody's heart that comes in contact with you. And so I want everybody to know that this coming Saturday at midnight, we will have this man for only 15 minutes give us a fiery motivational message that I'm telling you that's going to flip this continent upside down. Josh Smith is someone who I believe will be a household name from coast to coast. You can connect with him. You heard it here first at Joshua Smith on Facebook. You got to get your website. Do you have a website for your karate studio we can give out? Yeah, for sure. Hero.MartialArts-TN.com. That's dash TN like the state of Tennessee. So it's Hero.MartialArts-TN.com. Dash TN.com. And if you want to go and get yourself a, a limbered up, take your choice to go there to Josh Smith. He is a man of faith, a man of integrity, a Semper Fidelis devil dog and somebody who i have a high admiration for hero.martialarts-tn.com 
Facebook.com. Of course, you can find him on Facebook. And if you come back here or to his page, you'll see him live at Midnight Motivation. We're going to be what you're going to do when Josh Smith runs wild. <laughs> On you. I love this man. I thank God that he has expedited our brotherhood. And um, Josh, you'll be back again multiple times. Just consider Impacting Life 24-7 a part of your family. Okay, brother? Yes, brother. Thank you so much. We thank you for all that you're doing, and your story will be heard around the world. Thank you, Josh Smith. Again, we will promote you at the highest level that we can promote, and I hope that somebody will be touched by your story. Thank you so much again, Josh, for being with us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So that was Josh Smith, ladies and gentlemen. And when I say the man is amazing, he truly is amazing. So thankful for someone like that that would share their story, expose themselves, and truly be an instant bearer of impact. He is definitely that. And so look back for him again this coming Saturday night, Midnight Motivation. He's going to be dropping some golden nuggets for 15 minutes hot with our four speakers on Midnight Motivation right here, hosted by yours truly at Impacting Life 24-7. We'll talk to you again real soon. God bless.